Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while Geico could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, Geico has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. Let's go Mets! Happy opening day! A home run by Wilmer Flores? Wilmer! The Dark Knight! Who's Mr. Clutch? Duda! Let's go Mets! It's Jim Brewers, Mets, and more. <laughs> hey, what's up, Met fans? Thanks for, uh, and, and just fans. You don't have to be a Met fan, just a fan. I'm going to, uh, this is Jim Brewer, and I'm going to be uh, touching everything. Touching the Mets, talking about my life, how my wife and I met, what's going on with, with my career and where my head's at and all that jazz. I got a lot of cool things to talk about, okay? Um, a cool charity thing that I got a great idea from a Met fan to do at City Field with hopefully you, the fans and listeners. That we can get together, go to a game together and do the recaps, those Facebook video recaps together. How much fun would that be? Um, if you're a first-time listener and you have no clue what I'm talking about, uh, every Mets game, I make a recap of the game. And you know what? Let me tell you how that started. A lot of people have no. that some people, I'm on vacation right now. I wouldn't call it, well... Yeah, it's kind of vacation. Rented out a house in the Catskills. And, um, you know, it's before, like I said in my last podcast, went through a lot. Just everyone goes through a lot. Everyone, there's people that have worse than I do. But anyway, just, you know, had a couple of deaths and my wife was battling cancer this year for the second go-round. And so... uh Right before the kids go to school, I, I like to run away in the mountains in the Catskills in New York and have family, friends where we are, and uh, and just you know slow the pace down a bit. So let me explain to you my Met recaps on Facebook. I basically make two-minute and less tops two-minute videos after every New York Mets game. Now, how this all came about, I'm not a social media guy. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know much about social media. I still don't. I, I don't know how to tag. I keep, I keep getting Mets fan page, and I need to join the true Mets fan club and the New York Mets fan page and, and this club and that. Join this page and this page. and I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. People say, you got to tag this and tag. I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. Everything that's happening right now is 100%. And I mean 100% word of mouth. I don't know what else to say. It's just word of mouth. So I'm going to say it was around March. And um, someone, you know, I started working with this guy. And he said, uh, let me hook you up with this lady who's phenomenal at Facebook. And... She explained to me, she's like, Jim, you're, you're a very personable guy. And you really should make just little videos every day. I said, I'm not going to do that. She goes, you, you have 90,000 Twitter followers. And I went, I do? What are, what are they following? I don't put anything out there. She was, exactly. So imagine what you would have if you did put things out there. I said, I'm not going to tweet, hey, uh, I'm picking my nose at the coffee shop, or hey, uh, I'm playing uh, Tampa Bay this week. No one can I just, I have no interest in that. You don't have to do that. Just do, do things you're really into. I said, well, I, I'm into marriage. I'm into the Mets, and I'm into hard rock and metal. Like, what? And she's like, then just make videos of it. And I think what really happened, I made a couple of videos. I, I make videos from my house if there's things going on with my daughters. 
You know, some of them are funny, and I go in the room, bust their chops, and they're doing something that drives me crazy. Or there's a, I have a marriage tip, whatever. I'll make little videos and post them up there. I notice the more family stuff I do, the more views I get. If I post stuff with my kids and my wife, and it's and it's decent, through the roof, 100, 150,000 views, 800 to 1,200 People passing it along and all that jazz. Thousand comments I'm talking with everyone. And then the Mets started. And game one, which was against the Nationals, and it was Matt Serzer. And everyone said, you know, the Nationals are they're going to the World Series this year. They're the Washington Nationals. I mean, this team has been built for to dynasty for the next forty years. I mean, you have a pitching staff now that nobody's gonna beat. I mean, I mean, who's possibly can beat? And with the acquisition of Matt Scherzer, and I love Matt Scherzer. I love Matt Scherzer. I was very jealous that the Nationals got him. He's a phenomenal pitcher, just a great, great competitive pitcher. Huge fan of his. Um, loved watching him in the playoffs the last couple of years. Always disappointed if, if when he didn't win or if they didn't score runs for him. Just a great freaking pitcher. I, I think one of the best in the game today, hands down. You know, and they're all talking up and... If I remember correctly, it was the opening, the first game for the Mets this year was Bartolo Colon. And I went, oh my gosh, they're going to get slaughtered. They're going to get slaughtered. They're going to get slaughtered. You know, like, like Price Harbor, this is his year, and Jason Worth. And Jason Worth is always, always another great ball player. You can... That guy just knows how to hit. He knows how to drive and runs. He knows how to be clutch. He just he's a great ball player. Oh, the Nationals. You can't this is the greatest team since the 33 Yankees or Babe Ruth and just nobody's beating the Nationals. And they definitely were built to be that dynasty and be that great. And all the Mets had was their Matt Harvey. And hopefully DeGrom would be all right. And that first game, don't ask me how, I think Matt Serzer had a no-hitter going into like the sixth or seventh inning against the Mets, the very first game of the season. However, the Mets, Bartolo Colon, was going toe-to-toe with Matt Serzer. And... The Mets won the game. I can't remember if it was one nothing or two to one. It was something like that. It was a really close game. You could you can look it up. Look at my post. Um, I'll have uh, my producer Rich Aronovich put that up there. And the very first game, the Mets won. I made a video. I was so excited, and I just passionately made a video. And as I was making, I went. I can do this the rest of my life. This is the most exciting and fun thing. This is what she was talking about. Do something you love. Short, Flores on the backhand. And the ball game is over. Buddy Carlisle gets the final two goals for his first major league. Let's go Mets! Oh, Mets Scherzer, $200 million. Yeah! Happy opening day! And I put that up there, and I was blown away of the response I had from that. Even the Mets picked up that video, put it on their main page. They added a little bit, because I was like, Yeah, Matt Scherzer, you paid $40 million, and guess what? We beat them! Um, so that's how that whole Mets video thing... And then I... I did every game. The next two games they lost. Was it? No, 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 no. They won two or three. And then they lost. I was in Phoenix, Arizona playing uh, stand-up. Stand-up? Yeah, it's stand. Uh, it's downtown Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. And I was playing that room. 
and the Mets played the Braves, and they lost two of three. And they couldn't hit for nothing. They were pathetic. And even those games, I was yelling at Sandy Alderson, do you see what kind of team you're putting out there? Do you, are you kidding me? And then they won 11 straight games. What do you say, my fans? What do you say? 11. 11 in a row. Oh, wait a minute. I should get my broom. Because I need to sweep my home. Because that's what the Mets just did. They just swept their entire homestand. And I think if it wasn't for that New York Mets win streak of 11 straight games, my videos would never have gotten that popular. Never. Because everyone they played, first of all, Mets fans saw it. So Mets fans would show other Mets fans. And then what would happen is, Whatever team they were playing, those fans would jump in. You know, playing the, the Marlins, Marlins fans. Would, and then when they played the Yankees, that started another whole big fiasco. And it just kept growing. But that's how that whole thing started. Literally. With someone pushing me to make videos. And I didn't really understand how great social media can be. Now I get it. Now I get it. And the possibilities are endless. Now, before I jump into this new Mets series where they just swept, they swept the Marlins. The Marlins were like a mosquito. Lily, like I said in one of my videos, they were like a rabid rabbit, just wounded with chunks of fur missing from them. They were missing one of their ears, and we were just hungry pack of wolves, and that little rabbit had no chance whatsoever for survival. This is the first time, and Met fans, I hope you get it. This is the first time it, it, since the 80s. I'm going to say since the 80s. 85, 86. That you watch this team I mean, I watched Matt Harvey tonight. It was no problem. He, he does what he does. Two runs, two hits, three hits. But now, you have Uribe belting home runs, hitting a double. You have Duda. You have Granderson. You have Cespedes. You have Denard. You have everybody. You have Tejada. Everybody's hitting a ball. Everybody. If Granderson doesn't do something, eh, Tejada's going to line a double. He doesn't do something, oh, Daniel Murphy's going to drill a double. And then right behind him, you have Duda knocking him. Oh, he doesn't do it? Cespedes. It's just, it doesn't end. You want to get excited, Met fans? You want to get excited? Not only have they won six in a row. Six in a row. And I don't want to hear that, well, oh, you know, the Marlins are terrible. I don't care. Nobody cares. We won six in a row. And tonight, although, although I had a heart attack, Mets are winning eight nothing in the eighth. They're winning eight to one in the ninth. And the Marlins get like twenty straight hits. Straight hits. So the, the Mets got a new pitcher from the A's. He gave up like five straight hits. Yeah, I don't think he got an out. Take him out. It's 8-4. Boom, triple, 8-6. Runners are first and third. I was having a heart attack. Familia comes in. It was... But in the past, the Mets would have lost that game. They would have lost that game. That only happens to the Mets. The Mets are down 9 nothing, And they come back and they score eight runs. But they fall short. They fall short. That's a, that's a typical Mets game. Tonight was not a typical Mets game. Even though they went from 8 nothing to 8-6, to six, it doesn't matter. They won. This is a new beginning. I don't think... I hope Mets fans realize what's going on. This is real. This is really happening. And now that John Neese... And Bartolo Colon got past their wins with big runs and big... In now you got Harvey, DeGrom, and Syndergaard going into Tampa. And you're like, oh, ugh, 
We have an easy chance to win two of three. We have an easy chance. This is a good time. Now check this out. David Wright is now taking bat in practice. Let's say David Wright comes back and he's who David Wright is or he's 80% of David Wright. Met fans, just check this out. Travis Denard is maybe batting eighth because in this lineup you have Granderson, Tejada, Murphy, Wright, Cespedes, Duda, Conforto, Denard. That's not including Kadir. Kadir needs some improvement. Uribe, Johnson, Wilma. I'm sure I'm leaving someone else out. Pluecki, Campbell. What? What? This is like a, a bucket, and I'm just plucking. Someone, someone put crabs in the bucket, and they said, uh, "Try to catch a crab." Oh, I'll just pull out anything. It's so easy. It's the, the Mets. Sandy Alderson has literally set it up where the Mets have no excuses if they cannot make it to the playoffs. We now are tailor-made to make it to the playoffs. We're tailor-made. I feel it. I taste it. I see it. I think the when you watch the Mets play, they taste it. They feel it. They see it. You have to see it. Playoffs. I got my binoculars. What do you see over there? I see the playoffs. That's what I see. And I don't care who we, who we play. This year we played tight against the Dodgers. We took on their best. We took on the Giants. Took on their best. All the great teams. The Cardinals. We all played them with no lineup. No lineup. We got a lineup. This is for real. We have a real, real good chance of going very far this year. But first, let's get past the Tampa Bay Rays. You know when you play a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, you just don't know because you don't know them? I know they got that one savage pitcher. He's a savage. What the hell's his name? I don't know his name off the bat. But listen, I want to get this cool, cool stuff. What do you guys think of this? I got a Facebook page uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, Joe, I hope I say this tonight. Jonas, Junis, Juanis. I don't know how I pronounce this. It's uh, Joe J U N A S. He came up with a. Br- I think this is a brilliant idea. All right. Rent out. See if the Mets for charity. Everything here is for charity. And I have a couple of mine that would I like to do. I, there's, I love the Wounded Warriors Project. Love the Wounded Warriors Project. Um, I love a cancer charity for many reasons and personal reasons. I like, for charities, elderly helping elderly and helping kids of, that have lost parents. Those, those are, anything I can relate to personally I, I'm I'm all about it. So Joe, he writes to me on, on Facebook and he says, Brewer, what about the Mets hopefully giving you a party suite? He thinks they holds about 30 seats. In that party seat, you then auction off the seats. And we all go to the game together. We all sit there. All that money goes to whatever charity. I can bring T-shirts that game and the T-shirts for all the, the names that I call the players. Nine, Juan, Juan, Vavoom, Clutch, Wilmer, Mighty Thor, who I like calling Hammer. Let's go Mats. Niece, John Niece knows who we Matster of the universe. And these are all people that are on Facebook that gave me ideas for this. Nine, Juan, Juan. I got to say, that was one of the, that was one of the uh, Facebook guys. They were like, nine, Juan, Juan. I said, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, so I ran out of game, okay? And all that money goes to charity, and we get to do the recap from the game live. We take pictures, put it on the page, and do I mean, wouldn't that be fun? It's not a great idea. I'm checking into this tomorrow. I'm checking into it for the next homestand. I want to see if before 
the end of August or September, we can get a charity box. And of course, it's going to be for, for listeners. Listeners and the Facebook page is most likely who's going to win this and who's going to get auctioned off. We all get to go to a Met suite, a party suite. I'll go there. You guys auction it off or whatever. We'll figure that out. All monies and the proceeds go to the charity. And we just have a fun, great time as Mets. And we'll talk and I'll record. And we do a podcast in there. I do interviews with Met fans that tell me their stories about their families and all that jazz. I mean, that's... And by the way, after the first podcast, again, I don't know if people are going to listen. I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I have a lot of ideas for this, how far and wide. I want it to turn into more gatherings and hanging out and stuff like that. But the more stories I hear about families... And all that just, that that really excites me. That just, that's that's what I wanted to turn. I want to be able to interact with you. I want to be able to interview real people. And that's going to happen once I'm out of this Catskills here. I'm up in the Catskill Mountains. And uh, the next game I get to, I'll start interviewing. I, I want to talk to uh, David and a bunch of the people from the Seven Line Army. I'm thinking about going to Boston with the Seven Line Army. And we do a podcast from there. How freaking fun! How freaking fun. And hopefully we'll go to uh, Colorado with them. Very cool. And yes, I promise you, Alicia King, I'm going to join the True Mets fan and whatever other page we got. So we'll get into all that. If you got ideas too for a game or a charity thing, and maybe we do a picnic, a Mets picnic. But I'm telling you this right now, next year, hopefully this thing will build and we'll keep more fans will get involved and you get more ideas. I want a tour and I'm already talking with my agent and we're seeing where all the Mets are, all the Met games are going to be next year. We always get, we already get their spring training. I'm going to be in Port St. Lucie for spring training and be touring Florida, maybe following those games. What I want to do is I want to do just for my podcast and just for the Facebook fans. Everyone that watches those Met recaps or whatever recaps and I want to tour next year with the Mets, wherever they're playing. We'll do afternoon shows, before game shows, and maybe after game podcasts. We'll find a place and we'll do an after game. I'll, I'll announce it on Facebook. We'll meet where we are. And we'll have our own little press conference and stuff like that. That would be a lot of fun. That's exciting. Have our own little Mets press conference and we'll podcast that sucker. And you can listen to it the following morning. That's that excites me. That's freaking awesome. Um, and by the way, Mike Dingman, yes, Dingman, whether that's his real name or not, which rhymes with one of the great Mets, Mike uh, Dave Kingman. If you've never seen Dave Kingman, I've never seen a, anyone hit a ball. They call him Kong. I saw him hit a ball out of Shea Stadium. Dave Kingman was an animal, an animal. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, this Tampa Bay series got me a little freaked out. We'll see how it goes. You know, I, 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 I gotta tell you this. A lot of you have reached out. You ask questions about my wife. How's she doing? She's doing great. She's doing really great. Uh, her hair's starting to grow back. You know, it's really funny. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna be honest. Okay, I'm not going to be political correct. You know, there is no political correctness for me. So you got to get used to that right off the bat. You don't have thick skin and you can't handle political correctness. You got to you stop listening now. When, because she she's now confident, she's got a buzz cut. Her hair is growing in. It's maybe a half an inch thick now, maybe. And it looks like... I'm married to a, um, see, I know there's going to be, there might be kids listening. So parents just explain to your children what that means. A, uh, it looks like I'm married to a gay wife. <laughs> it, it looks like I'm married to a lesbian. It's really funny. And we're kind of, we're kind of having fun with it. It's pretty funny because she forgets her hat. Usually she wears a hat. Little white hat. And people don't know if, like, oh, is that chick, like, 
she like a G.I. Jane? Is she really cool? Like, is she an action star? Is she like a, is Jim into weird? Like, they, they just, the, the looks that she gets. What's really funny is, like, today we're asking, uh, <laughs> we're asking directions. And the lady looks at my wife, D, and she's looking at her funny. And then she looks at me, and I say, yeah, my wife. And, and I'm like, your, your wife? What? Whoa, what do you, what's going on? And then, because they don't know. They don't know if that's related to cancer. That's why her hair looks like that. Is she, is she gay? What's going on here? What, like, what's going on here? What's, I, we can't figure this out. This is how, today we joined a, <laughs> we joined a gym. Let me tell you people something. I'm getting, I'm going to be ripped. I'm getting ripped. I'm really not because then I go work out and then I come and eat 40 marshmallows and a bag of Doritos. But my drive working out is there. I haven't worked out like this in two, three years. And I'm hoping by September I'm a beast. But we'll see. I've said that before. Anyway, we went to go to the gym today. There's a little old lady behind the counter. And we're in an area where it's just mostly like older. It's gym in the middle of nowhere. It's packed. It's always packed. It's mostly older people in there, and we go in there. There's a little, there's an older lady behind the counter, and um, she sees me. And I sign up for a month, and then my wife comes in, and she looks at her, and and at first she's like, oh, you know, oh, it's one of these women, and then I go, hey, this is my wife. You, you she was baffled. She just couldn't. She couldn't figure out. Why would I be with a gay? Like, what's going on here? It's pretty interesting to watch that all go down and what people think. But I guess the point of this whole story is thank you for asking. Um, thank you. She's doing great. She feels great. We climbed this freaking... There's a mountain in Woodstock. I guess I guess it's... What the heck is it? I, I don't know what it's called. All I know, it's a huge incline. It's a three-hour hike up and down. And my wife climbed that whole freaking thing. And so did I. I. It was a huge climb. And to be done with chemo, maybe, what, five weeks ago? Six weeks ago, tops? And for her to have the energy to be climbing that mountain? I, I was blunt. She has a drive. And it's it's inspiring. She was so much stronger than I can ever ima- so much stronger than I can ever imagine. I I've my wife has always been strong, but to watch her go through what she went through, I I have a whole new deeper respect. Much deeper respect. And you know what? I gotta be honest with you, man. I remember who's that guy running for president? couple years ago. He's a lawyer. I don't know. I don't get into politics. John, whatever. And you, and you hear of people, you know, someone gets cancer and you hear that they're cheating on their wife or they're cheating on their husband while they're going through cancer. Like, don't you, do, do people have any respect for their other half or or that vow that says in sickness and health like if someone's going to devote their life and put all their emotions and all their sacrifice of time into your life and then they get sick and you're going out and cheating because whatever selfish drive you have you know what it, are you out of your, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, 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 it's like watching someone suffer. And to me, it's just like knocking them down a staircase while, while they're in a wheelchair. How could you, it's just the ultimate selfish act. How can you not get your head out of your rear end? And just put all your energy into helping that individual that stood by you for that long. I don't, I don't get that. I don't get that. And I, t- I take marriage seriously. Is it easy? No. Not even close. 
You got to grow together, man. You got to grow together. If someone starts getting on a higher, deeper level of, of life and reality, spirituality, wherever they're going, you got to grow. You got to grow together. You don't grow together. You're in bad trouble. But if one of them gets sick, you got to tighten up, man. You can't, oh, well, you know, I'm not getting any. Like, what kind of, are you, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? I mean, maybe that's someone's self... What the heck was that guy's name? What was that guy's name? It's driving me nuts. I wish I had one other person to talk to. It's the middle of the night and everyone's sleeping. I can't even... I'm talking to myself. I don't even know why anyone's listening. I pray someone's listening or else I'm a loony bin. If someone's staring at me through a window right now, they're going to think I'm a loony bin. It's 2 a.m. and I'm talking to myself after a cup of coffee. Was it Kane? John Kane? What the heck? What? No. Ah, it's driving me nuts. Hey, listen, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to lambast the guy because at the end of the day, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. I don't know what she was like. Wasn't she? The, wait a minute, didn't she? She was the Heinz woman. I don't know. Whatever the scenario is, I just remember hearing that, and when I hear people get sick, and then the other one, they, they cheated on them. It's just like, come on. Come on. Tighten up. Put your donkey away. Your donkey's not that important. Stick it in a watermelon. Do something. What do you, I mean, go buy two fat pillows. Get your act together. Buy some pillows. What are you doing? Good God. Start working out. Start, start learning how to inspire the other one. Lift the other one up. Like if it was your best friend, we'd just leave him... Deserted on the side of the road? How can you do that to your better half? All right, I'm done with that. My apologies. Right now, there's some guy going, All right, man, I get it. All right, I get it. Sorry, move along. I get it, bro. Jeez. Can you hit that hammer any harder on the subject? I get it. <laughs> um, sometimes people ask, and, and how do we meet? And it's kind of a cool story, if you never heard it. Um, I grew up in Long Island. I grew up in Valley Stream, Long Island, Jefferson Avenue, lived there my whole life. My whole life. I moved. I first, moved, I first grew up in this, the Fenwood Apartments, where I became a Mets fan. And... I learned everything about the Mets. I knew everything about them. 73 Mets. Knew everything. I'd run to the candy store every day. Uh, I'd get 50 cents to go to lunch. I would save my 50 cents, eat a roll for my friend because he hated rolls. So that'd be my lunch. And then I'd run around the corner. And back then, you could do that. You didn't have to worry. People weren't worried about, you know, oh, God, don't go out in the middle of the street. Someone will take you. Someone will take you. There's people just walking around waiting to take you. Walking around the corner, half a mile to the candy store, like a pack of us, buy baseball cards and just collect the Mets. That's all I wanted to do. And the rest of my stick in my, in, in my spokes, in my uh, bicycle. And it'd be like little, so it'd sound like I had a motor. It's like, man, I gotta... Be like a motorcycle. You thought you were a motorcycle. That's what I do with the rest of my baseball cards. So these Fenwood apartments, it was like low-income housing. And then moved to Jefferson Avenue. I was five years old. Met my best friend Phil, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Kaufman, Billy Kirshner, Chris Wirtz, Phil Kalora. All just, I mean, we were brothers, Tommy. We were brothers, Elia, Elmo. We were brothers, and we grew up our whole lives, all Met fans. We'd go to game. The minute I can drive, the minute I can drive. Remember, I just got my license, round up. Our biggest thing was rounding up everyone in the neighborhood, and we go to and I, we would all drive to the Met games. It was the, it was one of the greatest times of our lives. 
It was so amazing. It was so free. It was such freedom. And um, it, it was such a great childhood. It really was. I, I couldn't have had a better childhood growing up on that street. And those, those are stories we'll get into another time. Um, right now I'm talking about how I met my wife. So my parents, during, I think it was 87, right after the World Series, they go to Florida. They're like, we're just going down to Florida and we're just, you know, looking around, staying vacation. You stay up here. My parents come home and say, we just bought a house in Florida. We're moving to Florida. I was like, what? What are you, ta- what are you talking about? What are you- I'm not going. Like, you have to go. I'm not going. What do you mean you moved to Florida? I lived here my whole street. We grew up together. No. I moved to Florida. And I just hate, I hate, I'm miserable. I, I'm so mad at my parents. And um, I'm living down there. And the girl, the, the girl lived next door to me. Turned out to be one of my best friends. That's another Unbelievable story. What happened with her? And we'll get into that another time. She introduces me to a, a, a friend. And that friend introduces me to my wife, D. When I first met D, I think it was 1988. And she was this bubbly, cute kid. I had no attraction to her. I just... I had... An energy attraction. Does that make sense? Like I was, I didn't look at her. Go, oh my god, what this? It was, it was just like, wow, this is. There's great energy around this girl. She's upbeat. She got adorable smile. She just, she's adorable. But uh, no attraction. I, I didn't. I had no desire to date her or anything like that. We eventually started all hang out as friends, and I hang out with Dee all the time. Again, she'd come over from my house. Could you buy us beer? We're cutting out of school. Can you call into school and call us in sick? I hated doing that. She's like, please, we're going to the beach. We just we need wine coolers. Can you buy? I was a couple years old. Can you buy us wine coolers? I was the cool guy who had fake idea that I can buy wine coolers and beer and call her sick into school and take her to concerts. Well, in the middle of that, D. About a year after being great friends. We were great friends. I knew everyone she dated. I was friends with everyone she dated. She knew everyone I dated. She was friends with them. And she said, I'm moving. I'm having trouble at home. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm moving to Jersey. I, I don't, I don't want to live here anymore. And I was sad to see her go. Because she was fun and just upbeat. And at the time, I'm going to say, she was one of my best friends. And she moved. And back then, there were no cell phones. I mean, you would f- f- there was cordless phones. And even so, you basically, the way you communicate is you write letters. You'd be so excited. You'd get something in the mail. Like, I got a letter. That was exciting to get a letter. And um, I, didn't really, I didn't really see much of her again. That was that. And she really wasn't much of a thought, to be honest with you. And then I started doing stand-up again. Started stand-up in Long Island. Now I'm, now I'm doing stand-up and I'm taking some acting classes again in Tampa. And I started this place called Ron Bennington's Comedy Scene in Clearwater, Florida. And uh, I started, became the house MC. And then I started working the road. And I was working, I was on the road. And I bring my father on the road and... I also knew it was time. I was starting to blow people off the stage, and I went, "Okay, it's a career time. I want TV, and I want to. I don't want to get that headliner money, but I want TV and movies and all that jazz. Do I go to LA, New York? I decided to move back to Long Island. So I get my car. A couple of days, I drive to Long Island. I'm going to stay in my friend Phil's basement. I know Phil my whole life going back to Jefferson Avenue where I grew up. I'm going to hit all the New York clubs. I made my own little reel. I put together a tape and I'd sent it to all people that book clubs and they got back to me like, oh, if you move up here, I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that. And I go back up to New York. 
And the day I get to Phil's house, his mother goes, some girl D keeps, uh, keeps calling. She's very, very persistent, very pissy. I don't know. Do you know this girl? She's very pesky. I, I, I would keep away from her. I didn't want any relationships. I didn't want to hang out. I came up here to get on television, work, work, work. I was young. I was motivated. This is what I wanted to do. And so I said, D? She goes, yeah, D. She said she knew you from Florida. I said, it can't be the same D. And it was a Long Island number. I said, that's I the last time, the last I heard from D. She was moving back to Jersey. It can't, it can't be the same D, I know, but I, who, I don't know anyone named D. So I blew it off. Well, D called probably four more times. And my friend Phil would look at me and he's like, you're going to call her back because she keeps calling here. She keeps leaving messages. I go, let me hear the message. And I hear, and it's, it's my friend D. Hey, Jim, I'm in Long Island. I'm just It'd be really fun to catch up. I don't know anyone up here. Just to see an old friend, it'd, it'd be great. I was like, I don't know. I feel good. Why don't you hang out? I'm like, oh, God, no, no, no. I'm not doing that. And Phil would say to me, too, because I told him, I'm up here. I want to get on TV. I want to get Phil. And Phil would look at me like, Whatever you do, just don't fall in love with chicks. Don't don't fall in love. I said, I'm not gonna fall in love. I don't want anything to I don't want relationships. I don't want anything to do with a relationship. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to get on TV and films. That's it. Okay? Relax. So after about two and a half weeks, I finally connect with D on the phone. I said, tell you what. She goes, let's hang out. I said, I'm really into hanging out. I'm up here to work. She goes, when are you working? I'll go. Uh, she doesn't believe me that I'm doing stand-up comedy, which pissed me off. You're doing comedy? You're not that funny. I don't remember you being funny. Like, yes, you do. No, not that funny. Yes, you do. I used to go over your house and make you laugh. You remember that. Oh, yeah, was, you know, you'd come over and make me laugh, but, you know, it wasn't like stand-up comedy. I said, this is what I'm doing. I'm just on stage. Oh, I don't get it. She didn't get it. And I, I just, I had no patience for anyone who didn't get it. So uh, we wait and we wait. And I finally make a day. I said, listen, I'm playing this place in Ronkonkoma in Bohemia, Long Island. It's, it's a make me laugh contest, 150 bucks. I'm taking that money. She said, you're gonna, you really think you're going to win? I said, I know I'm going to win. I was cocky. And she goes, you'll never find where I am, but can I go and I can meet you at this gas station? How romantic, right? We're going to meet at a gas station. How romantic is that? <laughs> so I go, all right, let's meet the gas station. I drive to this gas station when we're supposed to meet. She's not there. I'm pissed. I'm always prompt. If you tell me basically 7 o'clock, I'm there 10 to 7. And I'll wait outside to 7 o'clock and I'll knock on the door at 7. I hate making people wait. I hate being late. I hate it. I have no patience for it. I have no respect for people that are late. To this day, I have to lie to my wife about times all the time. What time's the flight? Nine o'clock. It's really a ten o'clock flight. I'm not kidding. What time's dinner reservation? Seven thirty. When I already know it's six forty-five. That's how much time I gotta lie about. And I never tell. I always say, "Don't worry about." It. I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. And I always run to the podium. I go, "Brewer five. Oh, great. And, she, and she's like, "Well, they seemed like they were okay." I go, "Yeah, you know, I called them. Said we were gonna be late." But that's, I mean, always let, I don't have patience for late. Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. You having a meeting? There's always someone late. Sorry, I had to, yeah, whatever. Whatever. If we're going anywhere, oh, dude, I, I got stories for you. I can't get into it right now. I can't even tell you how many times we were a flight, we're going, we're going somewhere, and... And we missed the flight. One time, we're going to Mexico. Someone bought the tickets for us. Someone bought the first class tickets for us. The flight to Mexico. 
on this ridiculous vacation. The flight's at like 8 in the morning. I said, we have to leave by 5. Why do we have to leave? I said, we have to leave at 5 a.m. I don't understand. You, just, you don't need to understand. All it takes is a construction, an accident, something behind, and then boom, we're going to miss the flight. Trust me, a flat tire, whatever it is. We're leaving that time so we can be there early and then we can relax like a gentleman and a lady. A lady and a gentleman. And we can breakfast like a lady and a gentleman. Wouldn't that be nice? No sweat, no harm. Where's the gate? Oh, it's right there. How nice. No sweat, no harm done. We're a little early. What's wrong with being a little early? Of course, we don't get out of the house to quarter to 6 a.m., 45 minutes later. Flight's at 8 o'clock. I got a 40, 45-minute drive. We're driving. We're about eight miles into the drive, and she goes, I got to poop. I said, what? Which on a normal instance, no big deal. But my wife can't poop anywhere but in my house. She can't poop at a gas station. She can't poop at a convenience store. And we can't even pull over if we wanted to because it's too early and nothing's open. We're not that late. Drive back to the house. I said, Dave, we can't go back to the house. We're going to miss the flight. We're not going to miss the flight. I go back. I'm having a conniption. I'm having an aneurysm. First class tickets. For an all-expenses trip. Once-in-a-lifetime trip. We get to the airport. And the guy goes, oh, no, it's international. You cannot get on the plane now. What? 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 She says, yeah, you had to be here two hours early. And like, what? I get to the supervisor. We're a half hour before they close the door. Excuse me, 20 minutes. He said, it's 20 minutes for the, you'll never make it through security and you're not going to make it. I said, please. So long story short, they get us on the flight, but we're not allowed to check our bags. So I have to stick my bags in a locker. I have no clothes. We lost our first class tickets. I'm sitting in the back of the plane with no clothes. Pissed off. Yeah, the rest trip was fine. It was kind of fun. Now it's funny to think about it. But those things about me. It was another thing. Here's another one. You ready for this one? I take all my air miles. I had a lot of air miles. And I buy. Dee's cousin was a nanny would help us with trips. So I got my wife and I. Her cousin who's going to help us with the kids. And my two daughters, and we're flying to Maui, first class, all free, because it's all from my flyer miles. I used up all my flyer miles. I book it to the point where, and I book everything, I book it to the point where we go to San Francisco the night before so we can relax like a gentleman, like a lady. Relax. Stay in a hotel at the airport because the next morning our flight is at 8 a.m. I get us up at 5.30 a.m. and she comes up yelling at me. You know what? You got us up at 5.30 a.m., but you, we don't get... The flight's not until 10.30. How can you get this wrong? How can you get this wrong? Look look at the flight's 11 at 10.30, 11 a.m., something like that. And she's showing me, and I'm half half sleeping, and she's, like, pointing at it, like, aggressively and mad. I said, no, I looked at this 40 times. It's... it's we got to go to the airport now. No, we don't. So now my daughter's up, she's crying, she's mad, you know, she's four years old, she's pissed off, so now I got her in a stroller, I got the infant in a stroller, and I'm stroller. I said, fine, fine, I'll take a walk, I'm going to come back, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was 11 o'clock, why is she looking at these things better? I come back from the walk, 
She got the face. You're going to be so mad at me. What's up? I didn't look at the ticket right, and you were right. You see that plane taking off? That's our plane taking off right now. I lost all my miles, all my first-class tickets to Maui. To Maui. To Maui. To Maui. So, yeah. I have a problem when you're late. And you cause havoc like that. <sighs> My blood pressure just went up. I got to relax for two seconds. All right, I'm better now. We end up getting on the next flight. I had to pay. We all sat separated. Uh, lost my first class. And went coach, which is fine. But not when you bought first class tickets. Nah. To Maui. Nah. Anyway. So we're late. That was a big, by the way, that was a big left turn. I know we're still talking about me and my wife and how it happened. It's got a good ending. It's got a great ending. Women are going to love this story. If there's a woman listening, she's going to love this story. So my wife goes, let's meet this gas station. And if you're into destiny, if you're into or not sure about it, you think coincidence, this is one of those weird, freaky stories. I show up at the gas station. She's not there. I'm pissed. I'm angry. I wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I had it. I leave. Screw her. She doesn't respect what I do. She doesn't respect time. She doesn't respect that I'm going into comedy. I take my life serious. I take my business serious. And she doesn't respect the fact that we agreed this is when we're going to meet. I drive away. Just as I'm getting on the highway, I notice I have no gas. And my, actually, this is even weirder, my window broke. I couldn't get my window, so my windows broke. And as I notice, I have hardly any gas. I went, you know what, let me turn around. Forget the window, I'll deal with that later. Let me fill up my gas tank. As I'm filling up my gas tank, she's like another friend. She still doesn't show up. Now, not only am I pissed, but I know I'm never going to talk to her again. I'm not talking to her again. She can call me all she wants. We're not hanging out. I've lost all respect for her. As I finish up my gas, and I just want to get out of there, and I'm just about to get in my car, I hear... Jim Brewer. And I look up and there's a guy with dark hair, curly hair. He goes, it's me. I don't remember the guy's name. He goes, remember me, dude? We went to college together. And you know when you, you just want to get out of there and someone comes out of nowhere? This guy comes out of nowhere. Brewer, oh my God. Remember you were so funny in college. Remember me and you, we used to banter. And I do remember him. And I'm like, oh yeah, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I got to go. And he goes, no, man, what are you doing here? I said, well, I was supposed to meet some girl and whatever. It doesn't matter. I got to go. He's like, no, 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 dude, you got to come in. T- this is my gas station. I'm the manager here. He goes, when everyone do gas, you let me know. I said, that's great. I want to get out of here. He goes, come on, man. I just did. Come on. Come inside. I want you to take my number. I said, ah. I, oh. He goes, just come to my office. Be two minutes. I'm so pissed right now. I'm going to keep looking at my clock and my watch, and I know I feel like I'm going to be late for this show. I'm already pissed at D for not being there. And now this guy's holding me up when I'm just about to get out of there. He brings me into his office, right right at the gas station. He's like, so uh, how you been? Like, great, great, great. Here's the number I'm staying at. Give me a call. He goes, yeah, give me a call. I say, yeah, I'm doing stand-up comments where I'm going, oh, dude, that's great. You should be great. Yeah, 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 goodbye. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I was going to see a girl. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, I just, can you shut up? And as I'm about to leave, this is like a movie. I swear to God, it's just like a movie. My hand to God, I am not lying. All I hear is, Jim, 
And we both turn, me and him turn, and she's standing in the doorway of a gas station. Of a gas station. And to this day, it wasn't that she was the hottest thing I've ever seen. The most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. I mean, she's gorgeous and pretty and all that. The, the, it was just like a movie. I turn, It was like slow motion. I turned and I swear on my life when I say, all, my, all I heard was in my head. In my, in my, it completely took me over and I went, oh my God, that's my wife. Oh my God, it's my wife. We haven't even said two words to one another. She was just, it was so, I, she was, I, I can't even explain it. I just knew I was going to marry her. Just by turning and seeing her in the doorway. And the gas, the guy at the gas station looked at me and he went, is that the girl that you were going to meet? I went, Yeah. And so she's like, I'm so sorry, and blah, blah. I didn't know. I don't remember anything. All I remember, it was an awkward, it was an awkward ride to the Make Me Laugh contest. And I crushed it that night, won the money. I don't think, she, I, she said she never laughed so hard in her life. We didn't do anything, but it was just, it was a magical moment. It was Patches knew she said I was going to be my wife. And we hung out every day and we were like best friends. We didn't want to do anything because we were such best friends. And we didn't want to ruin it. But we had such an attraction for one another. And six months later, July 5th, we were engaged. A year later, we were married. It was 22 years ago. And even the engagement remind me of that story. Freaking hilarious. Uh, I think I've had you guys' ears long enough. I can't thank you enough for listening. I hope you did. Uh, I, I read all the comments. Again, I don't know where this is going. Just to recap, let's talk about that um, that Met game. How exciting. I'm going to look into getting that box. So thank you, uh, Joe, for the party suite. You're automatically there. To raffle off tickets, let me first stage is let me get those, let me get the suite, then raffle off the tickets, then we all get together at the game. We got to do like, yeah, if you guys got suggestions, let me know for like cool things to do with this podcast. Do we do pre games like Joe, you know, a charity event in a box? Do we do uh, the Seven Line Army? Do we do, uh, I don't know. Do we do it in a parking lot? Do I go to your houses? If you got, if you think you have the biggest Met fan in the world, like it's your grandfather or your father or a kid, let's tell me about them. And maybe we go and we meet them and let's hear those stories and stuff like that. Like I said, it's not just going to be, it's going to be Mets, life, and more. I got a record coming out. I know it sounds crazy. I know a lot of you are not going to. I know you're shaking your head. You don't know what it is. You got a million questions. I talked to my manager tonight. He's super excited. Um, he knows what he's doing. He, he's a he's. I, yeah, I I I gotta be honest with you. I love what I do with stand up comedy. I love the inspiration I make with, with my that DVD and documentary I made. But this this music I'm making. It's one of the most exciting things I ever did in my whole life. I can't even tell you. I I can't even tell you. My book was exciting. This podcast and this music, I cannot even tell you how excited I am. I hope you guys love it as much as I do. Because I love it. I love it. I can't wait for you to hear it. All right, I've held you way long enough. JimBrewer.com, the official JimBrewer.com. The Facebook videos, I've talked to everyone. Um, I hope you had a good hour. I kept you on an hour. My apologies. I hope no one fell asleep and you're not bored to death. Uh, yeah, feedback. Give me feedback. Hey, Jim, more of this, less of that. More of this, less of that. I hope you liked it. Little sh- hey, Jim, shorter. 
longer, add music, have more guests. Listen, I'm up in the Catskills right now. I'm going to have guests. We're going to get, I'm going to get old men. I'm going to, we're going to grow. It's going to grow. It's not going to be perfect. It's just like building a house. I just need to start. And I started. I, it, I can't tell you how inspired I am by all of you. When you write to me and you write inspiring things and you, you ask about my life and, the, and my wife and my kids and the Mets and this, I can't even tell you how much it means to me. You have no clue. And those of you that know I've written back, you, you know what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening. All the best to you. Have a great weekend. Let's go Mets. We're playing the Rays. Let's continue. Can you imagine we sweep them? If we sweep the Rays... And we win nine straight games. It's on. If you're not a Met fan, check them out. They're exciting. You got to watch DeGrom. You got to watch Syndergaard. They're just excited. Wait till Mats comes back. Next year, we got Wheeler, Nice, Bavoom. It's exciting. We're exciting. Let's go Mets. Thank you all very much. All the best to you, man. Have a good one. Talk to you in a couple days. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while Geico could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, Geico has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Run to Old Navy right now to get up to 50% off store-wide. Stock up on all of Old Navy's best-selling style faves, like tees from 5 bucks, dresses from 12 bucks, and jeans for the family from 15 bucks. Plus, get up to 75% off clearance. But you'd better hurry. At these prices, Old Navy's style faves are sure to go fast. Run to Old Navy right now. Valid 113 to 122. Select styles only. Clearance valid through 122.